Presented by the Evangelism Department of the North American Mission Board. This is Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. The podcast to help pastors be on mission in their local community. Here's your host, Joel Sutherland. Welcome to Your Church on Mission Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. Well, one of the things the North American Mission Board is challenging us to do between now and next summer is to have a million gospel conversations in the Southern Baptist Convention. As a matter of fact, you can go to gcchallenge.com, and there you you can uh, enter in a pledge for your church. So, Pastor, if you go to gcchallenge.com, there's a button right in the front that says Make the Pledge. And when you click on that, it takes you to a form just for you to put in your church's, um, uh, your name, your church's name, you know, where you're from, and uh, we ask you, what is your preferred method of, of sharing your faith? What tool do you lo- use? And, and then put in a pledge for your church for you to uh, encourage your church and, and, and keep track of in your church the number of gospel conversations uh, your people are having. And so today I'm, I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Smith. And Scott, uh, it's really important for a pastor to get his church, to get his members out in the street sharing their faith, isn't it? Man, it really is. And, you know, you and I talk to pastors constantly and we we're digging down into the data on the top evangelizing churches. And we find that the pastor has uh, mastered the art of personal evangelism. Typically, he is sharing Jesus without freaking out and uh, he's able to get in there and, and do it. And so he models it. I think that's that's one thing. And But then, you know, a pastor that does it well is able to figure out the best ways to hand that off and uh, not really hand it off per se as an advocate, but to, I, I better say, replicate the skill uh, in, in his people. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it, what an interesting term you use, share Jesus without freaking out, because there happens to be a book by that very title written by Dr. Alvin Reed. He's on the show today. Dr. Alvin, welcome to the podcast. Man, it's great to be with you guys. Hey, uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, most of our audience is fairly familiar with you, but some may not may not be. Why don't you tell them uh, where you currently serve, uh, Southern Baptist? Yes, sir. I am a, the now I'm the senior professor because I'm old of evangelism and student ministry at Southeastern Baptist Seminary, where I'm in my 23rd year, and uh, served at Houston Baptist University in Texas before. Did my doctoral work under Roy Fish, our great hero and legend. Uh, and uh, when I was in seminary days, and my wife, Michelle, and I have been married 36 years. We have two kids, both married, and we have one grandson named Lincoln. So uh, oh. that's the good news that I'm sharing now. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any grandkids yet, but I've heard it's once you catch the disease, you keep it for the rest of your life, apparently, huh? It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, Alvin, you wrote the book, Share Jesus Without Freaking Out. And uh, kind of the subtitle, I guess, is evangelism, the way you were born to do it. Uh, What do you mean by that? Well, this has been fascinating. What I've discovered, and I I spend a lot of time in churches. I was in Virginia Sunday at a a rural church with a pretty typical Southern Baptist congregation. And and when I I teach on this, especially that, that subtitle, the way you were born to do it, so many folks in our churches, and it's not been intentional, but they've got the impression that really to be a witness, you first have to become somebody you're not. You have to become a type A, really gregarious, really good with conversations. And, but that's not what the scripture teaches. God created us in his image uniquely, 
And so one of the most gratifying things in the response to this book has been the number of introverts who've told me that they're finding themselves talking about Jesus because they realize they can. So, so it really is the idea that everybody's a professional at having conversations. We have about 27 a day. And so you don't have to be an expert at giving presentations to people that are scripted or that kind of thing. You just need to know Jesus and talk about him. Oh, that's interesting. Now, I, I, you know, you, you've heard a stat, and I don't, I don't think it's actually accurate, uh, bounced around church world, you know, for a long time. I think it's something like 95% of people in the church, you know, never lead anybody to Christ. But, but now here's the truth with that. 95% of your church wouldn't walk up and down their street selling Amway either. You know, like they're just, they're, they, they, they have yeah. introverted tendencies with that. And, and so to put yeah, them in a, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, I have yet to find anything but anecdotal evidence to that. Less than 10% of people share their faith. I, I've never believed the stat was that low. And, and places like the Eli Lilly Foundation and others have found the stat not to be that low. So, yeah, yeah I think, I think uh, we're, we're starting from the negative there. Yeah, that's right, because we're assuming 95% um, yeah. aren't going to do it. And so you, you kind of wrote the book so people could have a natural way of sharing Christ in their everyday life. I love what you just said, 27 conversations per day. So you're just asking people to turn some of those conversations towards the gospel. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like one of, the, one of the big points I make is that we overcomplicate it. We overcomplicate everything. And my dear millennials that I work with all the time, I'm also a pastor to young professionals at my church at Richmond Creek Community Church, and I work with millennial seminary students, and they overthink everything. And I'm like, just calm down. Just think about it. If you know the gospel and it stir, stirs your heart to know Jesus, then in conversations, learn how to bring him up. And, mm. uh, and, it, and it's not as hard as we think. But one of the things I'm trying to do in the book, though, is really foster people's affections. Because the truth of the matter is, uh, as James K.E. Smith says, you are what you love. And we, we talk about what we love. We talk about what we care about. And so helping people know the riches of what it means to know Christ is essential to being able to share. Because if we really are passionately in love with Jesus, we're going to talk about him. You know, think about a guy like Johnny Hunt. I mean, that guy's always talking about Jesus because that's, that's the most important thing in his life. And, and that's kind of the idea I'm trying to get across here. Not be expert with technique or a one-size-fits-all approach, but learning to love Christ, know what he's done, and then share that as we talk to people. So chapter one, you talk about, you, you brought it up, don't overcomplicate it. Are we overcomplicating yeah. it because we're, we're just, we're not letting it flow out of the, just kind of who we are? Yeah, I think, um, and I, I mentioned a few things in there. One is, you know, we think that, like I said, you have to be a type A to do it. You have to be an expert. Or one is, uh, we have a one size fits all. And I'm not, I'm not anti that, but the reality is if you read the Gospels, Jesus, we have over 40 conversations with individuals, and they're all unique. And so you, can, you need to learn a base, whether you call it gospel intelligence or gospel fluency. You need to know the gospel message. You need to know and be able to articulate what Jesus has done for us. But I, 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 I mentioned, and I, I, I've had this um, affirmed everywhere I've taught this, that one reason folks don't share Christ like they should is, is well, okay, I got saved. I started telling people about Jesus. And then I went through evangelism training, and I thought, oh, I must not be doing it right, and it caused me to witness less. That's not what we're going for here. 
No, so, no. So one thing that if the one thing you'll discover, and I, I was in the Pacific Northwest last week, with you know in an area where this really unchurched, and the book is really well received there. And part of this because I'm just really encouraging. I, I, my approach is not you stupid sheep, you stink, you're not witness, and I'm gonna hit you with a staff. Mm-hmm. My approach is be who God created you to be. You can do this, God. You were born to do this, born again to do this. You know, and, and, and be more of an encourager than an indicter. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I, I, I've heard recently a quote, and and I'm not even going to tell you where I found this because it would sound like it's not relevant. It's from a completely different industry of, or, or segment of society. But um, that, that in the old days, we had command and control, and then now it's shifted to engage and enroll. And, and I think... Um, I can hear that shift, Al, in what you're what you're talking about, what you're teaching. You know, back in the old days, uh, the pastor stand up and said, you know, you need to go witness because everybody's going to hell. And we said, yes, sir. And then we figured out 18 ways, canned canned ways to do it. And mm-hmm. we were presenting to a culture that was generally Christianized. And so they would re- they would respond to that. You need to get saved. You're going to hell. And God said you ought to be saved. And, you know, that kind of thing. They even understood yeah. the language. And now there's this shift that's happened across the board to more engagement and, um, and, and, and getting into the conversation. We've been saying for a long time, we're moving away from presentation to conversation, not that the conversation yeah. won't have presentation in it. And we'll talk about sure. that in a minute because I know you addressed that in your book. But already, I think, I think people need to be understanding and hearing that, that theme of what you're saying about getting into engagement with folks um, in a way that that's just more natural, but that's the point. I mean, that, that actually is the, the freeing element of this is that it, you're not having to become somebody you're not, you're, you're actually, yeah. you know, it's an overflow of who you actually are. It's just that you're integrating, integrating the gospel into that conversation and you're going to present it the way you present it, which may be different than how I present it, because if nothing else, it's, it is a different personality bent. It's a different set of yeah, uh, you know, conditioning that led us God. to the place we are. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I talk about this a little bit in the book, but just a quick thumbnail sketch because I'm a historian. Hundred years ago, mass production was the primary way we did commerce. It's not a surprise that the primary way we did evangelism was mass evangelism. Even the mm-hmm. the beginning of the Board of Domestic Missions Evangelism Division, 1905, was a team of evangelists who preached meetings. Well, fast forward to the 50s, 60s, 70s, and you go from mass production to mass marketing, and you have all these products and these packages, and we created, um, you know, programs, evangelistic programs, CWT, EE, WD-40, ESPN, et cetera. And in that era, that work, you had people that could be trained to do a certain thing they did fine. Well, go now, we're in the digital world of social media and the internet. Everybody has a story. Everybody's been empowered. You got a lot of great people on the internet you have a lot of idiots and they're all on there so everybody has a story everybody can communicate and so what that's led to is a couple of phenomenon in churches first of all i also talk to a lot of pastors and i'm with a lot of pastors and the general consensus i get is this we've done cwt we've done these things they were great but they don't seem to be effective now and i don't know what to replace it with and so this is kind of my attempt to say you don't replace it with a program. You place it, replace it with a lifestyle uh, that's intentional but conversational. And here's the other thing. Lay people know this. Lay people know the world has changed. We've redefined marriage. We've redefined a lot of things. And lay people are like, uh, man, I want to share the gospel. I want to live for Jesus. 
but I am stuck because I don't know how to do it in this culture. And so what I try to do is say, man, you don't have to be an expert on culture. You don't have to be the Bible answer man. You just need to know Jesus and talk to the people right in front of you. Yeah, so let's let's, let's settle it down a little bit and calm down and just see where <laughs> we live and not think about changing the whole world. Yeah, because we're not in the knock on the door. Uh, by the way, none of us are against knocking on doors. But oh, the I, truth, I still knock on doors. Yeah, yeah, we well, all do. The great thing, Dave. But yeah. uh, there's a huge portion of our country that's not. I mean, let me say it this way: by God's grace, and I don't lead hundreds of people to Christ a year, but I get to lead some. By God's grace, I've seen more twenty-something-year-olds personally led to Christ in the last six, eight years than I ever have in my entire life. And it's been through conversations talking about the whole big gospel story. It hadn't been through uh, through through some of the traditional methods. I still do those. Uh, but I think there's, if we're going to reach the unchurched, de-churched young adults that we're, the people we're not reaching, uh, I, I think this is how you do it. Well, well, I met a young lady across the other day, like, like that was been in church three months after American lady and, and didn't know the gospel, led her to Christ, man, the story made sense, just a big picture made sense to her. Okay. So let's talk about those, because I think all of us say the same thing we say you know i still use presentation it's still in there some of these methods yeah. i learned back in the 80s even i still find them we woven yeah. in where, where does it fit where does where does presentation fit in conversation well what i what i like to say in, in my second chapter i talk about the gospel story the whole gospel and what i say in there is you need a baseline knowledge of you know they talk about if, you're, if you do a physical every year you have a baseline of health to work off of and that's true uh, in your intellectual. You have a baseline of knowledge. Same way with your witness. What is your baseline knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I, I like to look at the whole grand narrative. We can talk about why. But I also mentioned like the three circles, which is another version of the grand narrative we use all the time. I led a guy, an unchurched guy to Christ this summer, right now the three circles. Uh, and so uh, that's a great, that's a great tool. Or I, I talk about Christianity sport. So, so you can you can use a tool like that. Just don't make the tool the template for everything you do. It's the baseline to start from because you need the basic gospel knowledge. Uh, what I've discovered is if you think about it in terms of creation, fall, rescue, restoration, the way I unpack it in the book, kind of like the Three Circles does, then in different conversations you can start at different places. Like if you're talking to somebody in a lot of pain, you start with brokenness and you start with the fall and you go back to creation and design and you start with somebody who's really passionate about something. You start with, man, well, that's because God wired us that way. And we can't not live with a purpose because that's the way we're, we're, un, we're not like animals and you can walk them through the gospel. So you learn that, then you learn how to in conversations interject the gospel at different points. And it's really not that difficult to do once you learn a few basic practical things that I share in the book. Well, I think that's one of the one of the issues with some of the presentations we learned. They didn't have a natural on ramp, and so you basically yeah. had to interrupt a normal conversation uh, to start a gospel presentation. And it, the transitions weren't always great. And so you talk about uh, there, you've got a whole chapter on the book on transitions, conversation yep. starters. Because here's here's what I yep. feel like, uh, Alvin. You tell me what you think. I feel like the average Christian can absolutely share the tenets of their faith. Like they've got it. They just don't know yeah. how to get into the conversation. They don't, on and they don't know how to lead people across. They don't know right. how to start it. They don't know how to end it. They don't know how to That's draw right. the net. 
So, and by the way, I actually, what I use in this book, in my, in my classes to draw the net, is what I learned with CWT. That's still, to me, the best when it comes to calling them to decide for Christ, still the best stuff I've ever learned. So, so there's still parts of that from years ago that I still use. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think helping people realize that what's natural to you, you know, for a long time for me, I would ask somebody their story. I still do that. And then I'll just kind of share my story. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I move into the gospel. That's a simple way pretty much anybody can do. Now, for me, it's a joke with my students. They know if I'm in a conversation in a coffee shop and I say, hey, isn't it a beautiful world? They know that's my transition to the gospel. Because yeah. my, one of the fundamental premises of my book is when you share the gospel, instead of trying to start with the, the gospel message to get it to their attention, you start with them what they already believe, what they understand, and you find something that you have common ground, like Paul did in Acts 17 and, and so on, and then you take them to the gospel. Well, I've discovered all over the world, everybody believes it's a beautiful world, so we can talk about creation. And everybody believes there's something <clears throat> different about us, and everybody believes there's something broken in this world. So I can talk about the creation and the image of God and the fall and all that, and people are having a conversation with me. We talk about hunting or fishing or whatever you like, flowers, and then I say, but because something's wrong, something had to be done. And then I talk to him about Jesus. And I found that to be a, a great way people are less likely to bring up resistance and hesitation uh, because they've, I've already made sense to them. And I've talked to them about things that they see every day that aren't explicitly kind of churchy terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that, that helps us in the conversation end. Um, yeah. Move into it. You know, like, hey, here's how you yep. naturally do this. Without going yep. from talking about <laughs> the weather to well, now let me stop and ask you a question. If yeah, you, well, you know. that was in, in the day of mass marketing. You know, uh, commercials interrupted you. So what we mm. we learned were two leading questions to get into people's attention mm. to share the gospel. Now that still is effective in some settings, especially in the South. But again, I work. I'm spending my life sharing the gospel with unchurched and de-churched young adults, and. For for me, I found to let them talk about what they believe is that I let them make the transition by what they talk about, and then I just kind of take my time and kind of move that toward spiritual things. Excellent. Yep. I'm just curious in your classroom. You you've mentioned your students quite a bit. We know you're at Southeastern, and and you're doing classes probably even outside the state and other parts of the country, but. To what to from I know a lot of pastors are listening to this right now, Alvin. So I'm wondering what what role does role playing play in your teaching? Do you have your students role play? We we do that some. It's interesting. I had a student today. We were talking about the spiritual discipline of evangelism, and I asked students what their disciplines were. And one guy said, "Well, I'm kind of an introvert, but I've learned even if one week I don't get to share the gospel with someone, I'll find other believers and I'll say, hey, can I share the gospel with you?'" And just by role-playing it, it does that. And also, I want to mention um, for the book, there is a – Baldwin Holmes put together a fantastic landing page called sharingjesusbook.com. And on that page, there are free videos of me teaching through the chapters. But also, I've got two videos, one of me and one with two young ladies, role-playing, sharing the whole gospel and leading someone to Christ. Because a lot of our people have never watched somebody witness and lead someone to Christ. And so I wanted to put that up there so you could watch that and go, oh, so that's what it looks like, and you've never seen it. Oh. And so we talk about role-playing as a, as a really viable way to, um, to learn to share your faith. 
Wow, that's good. Yeah, that's good because we talk about sometimes pastors. A lot of pastors of churches have actually never been in a growing church, so they're yeah. not even sure what it's supposed to look like. And then I guess if you if you take that down another level, uh, we probably have pastors of churches that that have never. I mean, you would hope not, but we know we have laity that's that's never yeah. been in a room when someone's been led to Christ. Hey, I, I led somebody to Christ before I ever watched somebody lead someone to Christ. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So right. uh, it was really helpful to actually watch somebody. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me say a quick word to pastors because I don't want to forget to do this. I mentioned that landing page here in JesusBook.com. A couple of things about the, and I don't think my book's the end all do all, but the response has been ten times greater than I ever thought it would be. Um, but on the landing page, uh, the book has eight little chapters, and it's set up. There's an eight-week journey in the back, so you can teach it over eight weeks. And tons of pastors are doing this all over the country. You can order the book through Lifeway. It's a hardback book. If you order 20 or more, when you check out, it's only five bucks a piece. So last week, I'm in the Pacific Northwest, and the state convention gave books to everybody who came because they got them for five bucks a piece. And so that's a great deal. You don't have to buy anything else. Everything else is free on the landing page. So you can show a video of me teaching the actual material. Then there's some questions you can ask. So it's set up as a curriculum without, it's kind of an anti-curriculum. It's a curriculum without being a curriculum. And it kind of, because, you know, it's, I tie into fitness a lot. You don't get in shape in a day, but in two months, you can get in a lot of shape. Mm-hmm. And in two months, you can really change in your evangelism. I get emails literally every day from past. I got one today from a guy in Oklahoma. said his people went through and he's finding people talking about sharing their faith like they never have before. Uh, and I don't take any credit for that. I, man, I'm, I'm, I learn from guys like you. I've just learned from the best and just try to pay attention and help. But I'm so grateful because I love pastors. And, man, I want to – I train them. I teach them. I want to help pastors uh, help their people because I've preached in 2,000-plus Southern Baptist churches, and I promise you there are people who love God in all those churches, and they want to serve God. Mm-hmm. And so we need to provide them the tools to help them. And I'm grateful for you guys. Uh, I should say NAM helped fund the videos that I made to a live audience that are on that landing page. So I'm grateful for the partnership we have as a, as a denomination to work together on all these things. That, that's awesome. So if a pastor wants to get these books for his church, it, it, is the, the best place to order them for the $5 is directly from Robin Holman? Yeah, just if you go to the sharingjesusbook.com, you okay. Can, you can read an excerpt of the book. You can see a promo video. It says order copies. And when you click on that, click on Lifeway. Lifeway does that discount. And when you order 20 or more at, not till checkout, but at checkout, I just bought 100 yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. So I know how this works. Um, uh, it'll, it'll automatically drop the price to five bucks a piece. That's, oh. a, that's a killer deal. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So each chapter has a video. Is that right? Yep. 20 yeah. to 25 minutes, and I'm just teaching it. By the way, this has been hugely resp- uh, received uh, by church planters because even a church plant can afford 100 bucks for 20 bucks, 20 books. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of church planters, a lot of church planting networks, I've I've worked with them because you know they want their church planting DNA to be people who are having gospel conversations. Yeah, and I love it that you made all that available uh, to help pastors. So yeah, is that free? Yeah, I mean that's 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 free. So you're not having to buy DVDs or or whatever no, at an additional I cost. I don't want to do that, man. I don't want to cottage industry. I want to help pastors. Yeah. And the state right. commission, North Carolina State Convention, helped greatly with that. Nam helped greatly. Broadman and Holman, everybody. It's a team effort. Yep. Yep. 
Well, this is what we need, Alvin, is um, more church members and more pastors having more gospel conversations just in everyday life. God will bring your mission field to you if you're just open uh, to that. Amen. So um, I have my church prayer every day. You know, God, uh, uh, let me invite everybody I know to church and, that I pass and then open the door for me to share Christ in conversations. You know, so uh, this is the kind of thing that helps them. That's not a presentation. Memorize an enormous amount of and for people who've done that. The presentations you've learned are invaluable in the conversation. Sure. sure. So, hey, any last words, Scott or Al? Al, thanks so much for being on the call today. Yeah, this was fantastic. This was, this was great. I love the simple, straightforward approach, and I love that it really is on the leading edge of of how to engage people in the culture. Um, Al, what would be just a takeaway around the concept of allowing the person that you're talking to to point you? as the one who's going to present uh, to the gospel? I, I would encourage folks to look at the gospels and look at John 4, where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, and he starts with water because that's something they had in common, or Peter in Acts 2. He's talking to devout Jews, so he starts with the Old Testament. Paul in Acts 17, talking to pagan philosophers, starts with creation. And, and just see how in different places, even in the scripture, you see people starting with what they believe, because even, even people that are fallen and lost, they still see truth. They see things that are real and true, and so you're just trying to find some place of common ground to walk with them, and then <clears throat> you're having a conversation. So when you declare to them the life-changing but very uh, confrontational you know, message of Jesus is the only way to salvation— You've taken them there on a journey as a friend having a conversation, not as a religious adversary. Um, sometimes we have theological BO, we believe right, but we think about it. And uh, <laughs> I, I want to help people just, just, I'm telling you, there, I've had three people tell me in the last two weeks that they've had college students who were not church say, that, say to them, would you read the Bible with me? People are incredibly spiritually wow. interested. Mm. And, and so... They may not be interested in talking about organized religion from their perception, but people are incredibly spiritually interested, and it. we just need to share our spiritual interest with them. That's good. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Hey, Pastor, if you're listening, sharingjesusbook.com is a great place to go to get the book and get the resources, and man, put your church in that eight-week course, and course, and then uh, gcchallenge.com. Go there. Get your church involved. Make a pledge. Challenge your church to be out having gospel conversations. Al, thanks for being on the podcast today. Man, it's my honor. I love what you guys are doing, and I'm grateful to be a part of the team. All right. Thanks, Al. Thanks for listening to Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. To find out more about leading your church on mission, be sure and check out the blog, www.namb.net forward slash Your Church on Mission. To send in a comment or question, email it to evangelism at namb.net.